Uh, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, sometimes we get into touchy areas, perhaps, don't we? In fact, you know, any time the, the pastor is maybe going to come out and uh, tell you something about how to live your life, it, it's easy for us to, to maybe get a, a offensive or, you know, get the, the bristles up kind of on the, the back of our neck because maybe we, we don't like to be told how to do things, do we? But yeah, that word of God comes to us and that word of God instructs us and the word of God, it lets us know kind of what God expects from us in our life. And so last week I, I began to talk about what is the, the husband's responsibility and, and specifically in the marriage relationship. And I found that the husband is called to be like Christ, isn't he? And what did Christ do? Christ even died for us, didn't he? And likewise, that is the model that then that the husband is called to. That the, the husband, he's out there, he's demonstrating really a, a masculine <clears throat> kind of a love. Or the, the Bible doesn't say, you know, he, the husband shall write love poetry. Now that was just as Christ wrote, you know, poetry for the church. The, the husband should be out there buying gifts. He should buy gifts. But no, rather the Bible tells us that the husband is to give himself just as Christ gave himself for the church. It's a hard teaching. Right, it's not really the, the happily ever after kind of story, is it? It means that the husband is experiencing conflicts and, and he's experiencing the, the, the weeds that he has to pull out of the garden and, and he's out there in the world and, and he's you know confronting uh, various things that are coming against him and he's striving and he's struggling and it's hard. Right, just as Jesus went to the cross, just as Jesus suffered great indignities, just as Jesus suffered. Right, so that, that's what the, the husband is called to do. And, and then I, I didn't really have enough time. I began to run out of time, but we come to the, the wife's part. And the Bible says that, you know, that the, the wife is supposed to respect the husband. To show respect. To always be able to, to demonstrate that for the, the person that, that's caring for her. Just as the church would respect the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So too the, the wife ought to respect her husband. See that's the, the model and it's a beautiful model isn't it? That the, the, the husband is leading the way and he's out there and he's you know, confronting the world and he's earning the daily bread and then he comes home to a respectful wife. Says, honey, I'm, I'm glad you're home. How was your day? Right? Let, let, let me you know, get, get together some supper for you. 
Right? Speaking words of encouragement, speaking in words of, of love to the husband, you see. And well, guess what? In the sinful world, that, that you know, becomes difficult as well. Doesn't it? Because, okay, what, what do you hear from, from friends? What do you hear from, from you know, uh, colleagues? What do you hear from maybe your, your, even your, your son or daughter? Even some of your grandchildren, right? Where, you know, per, perhaps the, the woman in the relationship is saying, you know what, if, if my husband would just be worthy of respect, then I could respect him. Have you heard that? Or my, my husband has done so many things wrong that if he would earn my respect, then maybe I could give that to him. But guess what? The, the Bible doesn't say anything about that. The Bible says we are to do what we are to do, no matter what anybody else is doing, simply because God has commanded it. Wow. Uh, you see, sometimes we come against the, the word of God and, and maybe we don't like it so much. It's easy to, to say, oh, I could be out there, you know, earning the daily bread if just when I came home, my wife showed me some respect. Right? But, oh, you don't get it. You don't get it, Pastor. You, you, you don't get it. I, I, I mow the lawn and I wash the car. And I get the bows off our windshield, and I'm you know doing this stuff, and and my job is tough, but I take it. And then my my wife criticizes and she complains, and and, and you know she just is kind of a witch at times. Yeah, you just don't get it past. I could really, you know, love my wife as Christ loved the church if she would just change. And you hear many women say kind of the same thing, don't you? So my, my husband's a bum. He's a, a, a lazy layabout. Now, I, I work three jobs and he's just went and got a health club membership because he thinks he has so much time that he can just kind of frivolously throw away. If my husband would just be out there doing the things you say, Pastor, and I could respect him. But dear friends, that's kind of where the rubber hits the road, doesn't it? Because again, the Lord, he comes to us and he says, this, this is what I am asking of you. Okay. Oh, I don't know if I like that so much. See, the, the Lord comes and he says, I want you, the, the men in, in the congregation who are married, I want you to treat your wives as Christ treats the church, even though the church spurns Christ at times. I want you, like Christ, to be able to take the suffering, to take the pain, to hang upon the cross, even though only one person showed up at the end, right? That Jesus had trained. You think about our, our Lord and Savior, he had his inner group of 12 men, and, and then he had a, another group, it was a, a, about 70 individuals. 
And there was the, the day that Jesus you know, brought out his teaching on the Lord's Supper. And he says, this is my true body. This is my true blood. Unless you eat and drink of me, you have no place. And the, the 70, they understood the meaning of that. And they said, this is a heart teaching, Jesus. And they left. Okay, when we within the, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, you know, put such a stress upon the Lord's table, it, it's the same thing that Jesus was talking about. Where people say, oh, you know, it's just kind of a memorial meal, or, or oh, you, you know, we just kind of had fruit punch and, and you know, donuts, that'd be fine. It's not fine for us, is it? Because Jesus said, you know, this is me. This is special. If, if you don't understand it, you're eating and drinking condemnation upon yourself. Well, the, the, those 70 people, they, they understood. They said, I, I, I don't know. This is too hard. We're out of here. And then Jesus is arrested. And most of the disciples said, we're out of here. Only the apostle John is there at the cross. And God comes to, to, to the man in the relationship and, and he says, you know, that this is supposed to be you. That even though you're deserted, you know, 90% of the time, even though your wife is failing you 95% of the time, you are still called to be like Jesus. You are to do what you are to do, no matter what anybody else is doing, simply because God has asked it. That's hard. It can be hard. Now, again, that, that same command, it comes to the wife, doesn't it? The, the Lord, he says, you know what? I'm the one asking. Maybe your husband is a, a no good layabout. Maybe you are working three jobs and he just got a health club membership because he has so much time on his hands. Now, may, maybe you're, you're struggling and maybe things are difficult and now the Lord comes and he says, I want you to read. Respect that person. I want you to show them respect. Now you, you, might, you might say, why? Because we're supposed to win the other person over with our godly behavior, aren't we? What is the godly behavior? It's to do what the Lord instructs us to do. What did the Lord say? He said, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And it says, wives, respect your husbands. But dear friends, that, that, that's not the hard part that I have to talk to you about today. The, the hard part is that this becomes a model for all of our relationships. We think about the, the different things that you're going through, the, the different battles that you face. Sometimes you are like Christ, aren't you? If you're a, a, a mom, right? We kind of talked about the husband, the dad, but if you're a mom, you have children. And in that relationship, you are to be like 
Christ. You then become the one who is willing to give everything you have for your, your children, for your grandchildren. Right, you're, you're the one that's called to be that you know, model of patient kindness. And we say, well, what, what are the children supposed to do in the relationship? Well, we, we have the commandment, don't we? Honor your father and your mother, right? And so then the, the, the parent-child relationship is, again, it's just like the relationship between Christ and the church. And now that the parent takes the, the position of Christ, now the child, you know, takes that, that position of the church. Uh, again, is there conflict? Sure there is. You don't know my dad, people say. Oh, if my dad was anything like Christ, I would certainly be able to honor him, Right? And you have some parents that are, you know, going to come and they're going to say, you don't know my kid. But my kid shows me no respect. I, I, I tried to do what you said, Pastor. I tried to give everything that I had. I, I, I gave and I gave and I gave and still the, the kid just hates me. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what else to do, right? You, you just got to understand. But again, what's the, the command? Right? We're to win that other person over by our godly behavior. Now, if, if somehow you have a, a mom or, or dad that just don't get it and they're difficult and, and it's hard, you are to continue to respect them. See? And somehow, if, if you have a child, a, a grandchild, a, even a, a niece or nephew, right? And, and that person is just driving you up the tree. You're still called to love them as Christ loved. Okay, now I, I, I came out today. I, I stepped on your toes for your marriage relationship, maybe a little bit. And then I, I maybe stepped on your toes for some of your other relationships. But, you know, that this is dealing with the, the word of God. This is, it is something that, that probably needs to be said within our congregations for, you, you know what, that has how we are to deal with our leaders as well, isn't it? Now, sure, we have an election cycle coming up. A lot of people within our, our nation, they're, they're displeased with the way things are going, and certainly it's within our rights to be able to choose new leaders, to do it in a peaceful fashion. But dear friends, that, that doesn't mean that as Christians, we have permission to engage in, in slander. It doesn't mean that we have uh, permission to be disrespectful of those that are leading us. It doesn't mean that we can just kind of do whatever it is we want to do for the Lord again comes to us and he says, I want you to do the things I've instructed you to do. No matter what those other people are doing, simply 
because I ask it. We see the Bible also is about respecting positions of authority, isn't it? That just as in the, the husband-wife relationship, you know, maybe we as citizens come to identify with the, the wife that, that is being bullied or taken advantage of. We, we come to identify, you know, with that person that, that has been wronged. And how then are we expected to respond to our authorities? We're supposed to do it with respect. We're supposed to do it with honor. Now, now, certainly we can appeal to authority, right? Certainly when things are going wrong, we have the right to, to express ourselves in honorable ways. But certainly when we see things going wrong, we might even be called to uh, take some kind of action that we would perhaps even engage in a, a peaceful protest. That other people in the world, that they might be angry at us. They might want to call us names. That they maybe even would want to throw us in jail. Now, perhaps living here in the United States, we never thought such a, a thing could happen. But, but maybe you, you yourself have said, I, I can identify with some of those people. And maybe if I'd been there, I'd be in jail too. Maybe you've reflected on that. But yet, dear friends, even though we be thrown in jail for doing the things we believe to be right, still we're called to be respectful. Still we're called to be able to honor those in authority. I think perhaps serving in the United States military, you know, I, I was in the Navy for a time, I think, you know, perhaps that, that service helped to reinforce that for me because you, you could, could see somebody that, you know, had, had authority over you, somebody that had a, a senior rank and maybe they're laying drunk in the gutter that night. But you know what? The next morning they gave you an order. You had to follow it. Right? Because you would call to respect the uniform and not necessarily the individual filling the position. See, that, that's the structure of authority. And so we, we look around and we say, okay, who has authority over me? I, I don't really personally like that person, you know? I don't really have a high regard for that person, but guess what? They're in that position. You know, so, some of you fellows, you, you had to work in, in workplaces where things were hard. And, and some of you ladies too, maybe. Where you had a, a, a supervisor that you, you didn't really like, you didn't really respect, but you needed the job. And, and so what did you do? You showed them a proper professional attitude, right? You, you demonstrated respect for that person, you, you needed the job, you needed the income to keep coming in, you, you knew what you had to do, and you buckled down, and you got through it. But dear friends, our, our Lord, he calls us even to the next level, doesn't he? He says, I want you to be able to win those people over with your godly 
behavior. That means you're, you're respectful to that person even when they don't deserve it. That means you, you're honoring that person even though they're like the furthest thing from honor in the dictionary. It means that you're going out there every day and you're living at a higher level, doesn't it? We're doing things God's way. We're doing things the right way. We're doing things with love and honor and respect. Again, there's times to appeal, isn't there? Did you write a letter of appeal to you and say, you fat head, you know nothing, you never get anything right. I cannot believe that you call yourself a person. So how you start your, your letter with, with honor, with respect? No, it, it's not. It's like, you know, uh, dear sir, it's come to my attention. And, and this is in conflict with the way that I was brought up. And here's three reasons why I, I think maybe there needs to be a change. And you give the, the person a, a, a chance at least, right? And, and then if there's no change, you know, maybe two years, four years down the road, right, there's going to be a new election and you're going to vote for somebody else because that, that person, they just weren't doing what represented you. See? Yeah, we can appeal. And yeah, the, the United States of America, one of the greatest nations on earth, because we have elections, because we have that opportunity every two or four years to, to make some changes, if it doesn't reflect our view. And so today we, we can take pride in that. Today we can thank God that we live under that kind of authority where you know we can make those kinds of changes, but we also remember to honor our authorities. Simply because Christ has asked us to. And we can do that, can't we? Because Jesus himself gave so much for us. And Jesus himself loved us so much that basking in the glow of that love, we can go out into difficult situations we can go out in, into uh, terrible relationships and we can show what God wants us to be. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.